Hello, welcome to Run Story, the podcast. My name is Lini O'Connor. Today my guest is Ms. Dana Shulman. This is a podcast that I've wanted to do for a very long time, back in the early running days for me. I didn't really feel like I had enough experience or enough friends who were also running, people that I could ask to be on a podcast, so this has been a dream that's been a long time coming. So I'm very excited to share this with you now. I hope people still listen to podcasts. (laughs) Hopefully you're out there listening. Maybe it's just my dad. Hey, dad. But I hope you enjoy Dana's story. She is an awesome person and an awesome runner and coach and a member of Team Hoyt. Without further ado, Ms. Dana Shulman. Okay, that was fun. Yay! Yay! Dana Shulman, welcome Hi. to the podcast. Hey, welcome to your podcast. Welcome, oh my God! Welcome You're you me? to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for welcoming me to my inaugural podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for sitting on my bedroom floor. Oh my God! So we are sitting here on Dana's yoga mat. It's true. Drinking tea and eating popcorn, and we're going to talk about running. I don't actually do yoga, but I should, so I have a mat. But you stretch. Don't I stretch. You? Yeah. This is. I call this the foam rolling zone. Right. It's functional. It sure is. It's functional. Yes. All right. So let's talk about your run story. I have a run story. You have many runs. I have so many run stories. Where do you want to start? Let's start with your hometown. Oh, cool. I'm from Framingham, Massachusetts. Framingham is roughly mile six of the Boston Marathon course, but we always went to mile 8.4 in Natick in front of Henry Wilson's shoe shop, and that's where we cheered my entire life. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think because my mom knew there was good parking, and so she could we could park. Oh, so you literally drove. We drove. To see the marathon. Yeah, we drove to the marathon. Yeah, oh my gosh, thinking back on that now, Mm -hmm. the couple of miles we probably drove to the marathon is so funny considering how much I run right now. Like, the (laughs) thing that we used to drive, it was like, oh, you have to get something from the convenience store down the street, you would drive there. That's so (laughs) silly now. Well, it's... Also because we're New Yorkers and yes. we don't drive anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, and because we... why would you? <laughs> but because some people do. I know, but I think about like having a car in New York City and every day it would get scratched and I'd be like annoyed. Scratched. Yeah, oh but Oh my like, god, you'd have people dense. on bikes oh, running into your door oh, all the don't time. Know. Oh no. It's too early for us to talk about <laughs> people on bikes. <laughs> Oh, man. Where were we? We were talking about mile eight. This is, I I say for our sense of direction, this is this is bad foreshadowing for the rest of this podcast, since what? we're lost in minute three. We're lost in minute three. <laughs> okay, we'll get cool. through this. We'll do this. Uh, so my dad started running marathons in his mid-30s. Oh, he did? Yes. So your dad was a marathon. I didn't, yes. I didn't realize that. No, my dad started running in his mid-30s, and he was very, very fast. Something I did not inherit from him. Um, he won a half marathon once. I, this, what? Is my, this is my big class what? to fame. Yeah, I don't know what half marathon it was, but he won one. And he ran three marathons. He never ran Boston. But he okay. got very interested in these people, the Hoyts, Dick and Rick Hoyt. Dick wanted to push his son, Ricky, at the time. Ricky is what we called him. And Ricky had cerebral palsy and still does. And uh, Dick wanted to push Rick. Rick wanted to be pushed in the Boston Marathon. 
and uh, it took a while for them to get an agreement with the VAA to make that happen. But we were there. We saw their first one. Oh, and n- no way. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't realize any of this. Oh, this is so exciting. Oh, yeah. No, see, this is where... So my dad was the runner. He introduced us to the Hoyts. And then my mom was the craft crafty person. So my mom got this big, two big yellow pieces of poster board. One of them said go and one of them said Ricky and she had these big black letters on them. And we went to mile 8.4 and we cheered for the first time that Dick and Rick ran and they, uh, I believe they didn't have a number back then, but the BAA had welcomed them to run. We cheered for them, and then we cheered for them every year with the same two yellow signs. And then at some point, I don't know when this happened, at some point my mom went back to the craft store, bought a light pink piece of poster board, apparently they had no more yellow, (laughs) and she wrote, and dick on it. (laughs) So then um, it became like the family joke every year of who had to hold the and dick sign. So we had go, Ricky, and dick. I believe on the back of go it also says pete because we had a friend named pete who ran one year okay um so when we when we would get bored at the end of the marathon or not bored but like when we'd seen dick and rick go by and and it was you know we were just cheering for everyone we didn't know who we weren't looking for anyone in specific anymore sometimes we would just hold the pete sign people loved it um, <laughs> and over the years, we had more signs. We had a we have a sign that says Boston with an arrow because that is the most obnoxious sign. <laughs> um, now that I'm a runner, I understand how awful that sign is, mm. but it's great. Made me laugh. There was a break three o o sign because I think that was the Hoyt school one year was to break three hours. I think they they did too. We held signs. Wow. Maybe not. I don't, maybe not there. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But they did at one point do a, a 240 in at Marine Corps. Something like that. Marine Corps? Yeah, the BAA no made way. them qualify under Rick's age. They didn't know what to do with this duo marathoning right. team, right? So they made them qualify under Rick's age, and they had to run a 240 to get into Boston. Yikes. Um, something like that. And they did it. So they ran Boston every year. So, yeah, we would go every year. That's my background. My background is in marathon spectating. My mom had a little TV we would watch the start at some point. We heard on, there was no internet then, right? This is the sure. 80s. We heard Dick and Rick in an interview um, say that they always looked forward to seeing the people in Natick with the big yellow signs. And that happened one year and we were like, whoa. I guess we got to go every single year. And we didn't know them personally and they didn't know us personally. And then the internet came around and my mom emailed them pictures from over the years. Yeah, that's pretty much how that went down. Uh, yeah, it was, I think I missed one year, but every year it was wherever you were. I was on tour one year. You came home for the Boston Marathon yeah. each year. So even after I moved to New York, I had friends who would drive me. We had a, I had a Sunday night show at a theater that I still have today. Um, <laughs> after the Sunday night show, we would get in my friend Chris's car and drive to Boston to cheer. I was always there. And yeah, nice. it's, it's a, my mom had a list of all the runners, like the top runners, and we would like have a system where we would <laughs> call their name, like call the number out, and then we'd get their name, and then we'd yell their name at them, and... And then marathon weekend is usually my birthday weekend, too. So growing up, that was my birthday party. We would take all the kids to go see the marathon and then go back to my house for cake afterwards and to watch the elite finishers. Yeah, I remember the year watching Uta Pivik win one year, and now she's... She's Team like, White's coach. She's but, like your buddy now. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> my buddy. I love Uda. But we we came back to watch Uda Pippik win one year. My mom, I remember very specifically like looking at the TV and my mom saying, girls, that is a champion. And, and we were like, okay, yep, that's mm-hmm. a champion. But yet I tried to call, I tried to get my mom to let me stay home sick the day that we were supposed to run the mile in, in high school. Really? Oh, yeah. Because uh, I, yeah, I, other than like a, one season of fifth grade soccer that, I don't think I touched the ball once. Mm-hmm. One 
season before I realized that it conflicted with the fall musical, right? Well, I was a yeah. swimmer for a season in high school, yeah. and that was probably the most fit I've ever been in my whole life, that one season. I was the slowest person on the team, but that one season of dedicated swim practice, I was so fit. Yeah, because, I was on cross country yeah. for one season until they told me you have to choose either theater or cross country. I know. It's <laughs> and a, gosh, man. Yeah, we got to do something in this country about letting kids do sports and right? theater. Because um, we're adults now and we do both. Yeah, of course. So. Yeah. Those were pretty much my two athletic adventures. And then every year we would cheer for the marathon and I'd say, oh, I want to get in shape and be a runner. But I was always, you know, a little chubby, a little, <laughs> a little uh, not liking movement. <laughs> I didn't start running in for real until I was like 34. So can you talk about yeah. your life in your 30s? I guess. I mean, yeah. your, your 20s and your 30s. You're a New York actor. Okay. Yeah, so I came to came to New York to be an actor. I went out on a theater tour and quickly realized that like I was going to need some way to exercise. Mm-hmm. I don't know, some way to like not annoy the rest of my cast because we were in like a hotel together and I had to like do my own thing. And so I remember I had a it was my very first fanny pack. Oh, but it was a the very first. Oh, yeah. I've never even thought about this before, but it was my very first fanny pack. At, well, other than, like, because they were cool ones in mm-hmm. the 80s. Um, they came back around in, like, the late 90s. Yeah. Well, this was the early aughts. Very early aughts. Okay. And I had a CD Discman fanny pack. Okay. That I would strap to me. Oh, a di- oh, a Like, Discman. it had a Discman yeah. in it. Like a CD player, and I would go out for a run, because we were at these mm-hmm. hotels, like, all across the country, and there was nothing around them, so I would go out and attempt to run, and I think we figured out that I ran probably two miles at the most, which is okay. was pretty cool, but I did it with a Discman strapped to my body. <laughs> that's funny that you strapped the Discman to yourself. Yes. That's, that's smart. Yes. I it, was, to, it was made for that. I used to make... I, I used to just pop in a CD and, like, just hold it in my hand. Oh, no, I had a fanny pack for that. And it was, Smart. like, it was padded. It was bounce-proof. It still skipped, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could tell you what CDs I was listening to. Oh, God. It was probably, like, <laughs> it was probably, like, Bush or something. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's special. I was oh, probably... lots of bare naked ladies. Lots of bare naked ladies. Oh, yeah. I was probably listening to, like, show tunes in those days. So. Oh, you were so cool. I was... I, I'm still... So cool. So cool. But so, that was my first little... Okay. Jaunt into running. And then I didn't really do much with it over the years. And then I didn't super start running again until 2012. And there was a a weight loss competition at our comedy theater. And I decided to enter it. And I got a trainer. And I got in, like, really good shape for the first time in my life. And I started running. And it was the fall of 2012. I I was probably running three miles at the time on a regular basis. Maybe Mm -hmm. five. At one point, there was one day I know I went out and ran ten miles one day. But that wasn't like a regular occurrence for me. It was like, and I stopped and walked. And that was, yeah, that was probably in the late 2000s. But this is 2012, my comeback to getting into shape. And I sent an email to Kathy, who is our team mom on Team Hoyt, because I had noticed a couple years earlier that they started having a charity running team for the Hoyt Foundation at the marathon and we would see them every year running by my mom would say because my mom was up on like my mom reads all the news articles she knows everything my mom knows, <laughs> my mom knows everything um, and she knew everything about the Hoyts and uh, she knew they had a charity team and we were supposed to yell yes you can at them because that's their purpose mm-hmm. so we would yell yes you can at the team Hoyt runners very specifically I remember in 2012 that it was a really hot Boston year it was like 90 degrees yes, I remember watching them seeing how much people were suffering and we were at eight 
mile 8.4 and they had so much more to go. I had no concept of what it took to run a marathon at this time, right? But it still looked really hard. And I remember making eye contact with, with one of the Team Hoyt runners who was walking and looking, looking like she was struggling, but she was going to make it. And I went, yes, you can. She was like, yeah, and she kept going. <laughs> and that's my teammate, Tammy. Like, I, oh my God. Image, I know her now. But I sent this email in the fall of 2012 to Kathy and I was like, hey, I don't know if you know me. I'm Norma's daughter, uh, we're the people at 8.4 with the signs. I know she sent you pictures. I just started running, and I want to run Boston. I want to run it for the Hoyt Foundation. She wrote back, oh, it's so nice to hear from you. We made our team in August. But I'll put you on the wait list for 2014, she said. She's like, it's really tough because their whole team is basically all alumni. And so, you know, you have to really decide not to go back in order for there to be maybe a spot open. And then they still go to more alumni on the list that want to come back. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I'll put you on the wait list for 2014. And I was like, great, I've done my duty. I sent the email, right? Done. Great, awesome. I didn't want to run a marathon yet anyway. <laughs> My how things have changed. Right. Probably September. And at the very end of November, I was in California. I got a call from Kathy who said, Dana, uh, <laughs> we have someone who's getting a diagnosis on a, on a from an MRI tomorrow in the morning that's on the team. And uh, if they find out that they can't run, we're going to need a replacement. But we need a replacement in the morning because it's late in the game. Mm -hmm. And you have... Basically, in my brain, it was, you have two hours to decide if you want to run the bus <laughs> <laughs> That was it. Uh, so, uh, and was it an easy choice? Uh, well, I hung up with her. I was, I was at a funeral, so... Oh, my God! I'm so okay. sorry. I'm going to shut off my phone that keeps okay. beeping. I was at a funeral, and so I was really distracted anyways yeah. from this phone call. And, uh, I called my friend Angie, who at the time... This is the craziest thing that I'm going to say today. This is Angie. Yes. But at the time... <laughs> Angie, who I know, Angie. Yes. Yes, okay. In 2012, other than, like, you... Have we... Have, we met then, right? In 2012? I was... So I was living in Chicago at that time. But we had met earlier in, like, we 2010. We had met, right? Don't you remember? Because I was like... Hey, I'm moving to... Sh I remember telling you that I was moving yeah. to Chicago and you being upset. And I was like, well, come with me. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you were like, no, I can't. Yeah, no, it's cold. In those days, I didn't have any friends who were runners. Right. And then I but came when back. When did you run your first marathon? 2011. Okay, great. So here's... Here's my story, and now I'm going to filter it through with the, that information. Okay. In 2012, the only person I could think of to call in that moment that I knew that was my age that had run a marathon was Angie. Okay. Right. right. I knew peripherally you, and there was one other girl that had run marathons. Like, but it wasn't like somebody I could just call at a moment's notice and be like, I'm at a funeral, I don't know So I called my friend Angie, and I was like, Angie, like, other than my dad, those were... Like, I could count on one hand how many people I knew my age who had run a marathon, which is absurd. I know. Because I don't know anyone who hasn't run a marathon now. <laughs> and, like I, and if they haven't run a marathon, they're working on it or they're thinking about it. Right. Or they just do halves. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Just do oh, halves. that's fine. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I called Angie and I said, Angie, I have to decide in the next hour if I'm going to run Boston. And <laughs> she was like, What? She's like, how long, how much have you run now? And I was like, I run five miles. I don't know what I said. I think something. And she's like, yeah, you're fine. She's like, you have a spot to run Boston? You go run Boston. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, she's like, and I'll train you. And I was like, okay. I told Kathy I would do it. And then she called the next morning and said I was in, I guess. I like, I kind of vaguely remember getting the call at my work, the call that I was on the team officially, like in the bathroom of the restaurant that I worked at. And that was back in New York. <laughs> so I'm wondering if there was a couple days right. in between there. Yeah, it might have been like I had to tell her immediately and it was a couple mm -hmm. days until I found out officially. And I think I took the, like I heard the voicemail in the bathroom at the restaurant. 
that I was running the Boston Marathon. And I had a I had a Facebook post all ready to go. Like in case oh, yeah. I was ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. Yes, I was running uh, the Boston Marathon. Because I knew I'd be at work when I found out. And so I was like, <laughs> boom, running the Boston Marathon official. That's <laughs> amazing. Story. But the story gets even longer because oh, that know. was the twenty thirteen Boston oh, yeah. Marathon. Yeah, so instead of being on the wait list for the twenty fourteen Boston Marathon, I was then in the twenty thirteen Boston Marathon. And with almost exactly four months to train, right? By the time, a little, little over four months to train, which is, which is exactly what you want. Yeah. But not, like, when when you're starting your first marathon, that's, like, quite a, to be like. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and tomorrow I start training. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really screws with your head. Yeah, and, like, I didn't, also didn't know how to train for a marathon. Right. Right, so I didn't know anything about how long you, you needed. You hadn't done the research. No, nothing. And, mm-hmm. Nothing. So, Boston Marathon 2013. Yeah, that you happened. Got, I mean, you, you got through all of the training. Mm-hmm. You won that competition at the pit. I did. <laughs> I did. Which was amazing. Yeah. I still have the giant check from that competition. Oh, they gave you a giant check. Oh, I got a That's giant right. check. Yep. Mm-hmm. I uh, do remember in my that. Closet. I can't, I, I will probably have to Marie Kondo that check soon, but does it's still it, in my closet. Does it not bring you joy? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's a big check. I mean, I was big later, check. I was later on a, a, on a Boston Marathon street banner and that's in my closet that, and that kind of does bring me that's joy. in your closet oh yeah oh nice yeah I've got a I have, I have a giant banner of my own body. Um, <laughs> so, then oh, we yeah. get to the 2013. Yeah, I trained. Boston. I trained. I met my team in Boston. I was very, very nervous because there's a six-hour limit in Boston, and I was very nervous that I was somehow going to be over six hours because, again, I had never run a marathon Right when I, I when I was just starting out, I was like, God, I hope I'm not the last one. To I know, the yeah, like, that's much and it. I've never been even close to the last. Yeah, person. no, but I was doing like my calculations, right? Like, in case I had to stop mm-hmm. and pee, how long right. that was gonna take? Yeah. yeah. What if the six hours is before I get to cross the start? What if I have to walk? I used to think that you would have to walk across the start line because it would be oh. so crowded. Right. I was like, what if I have to walk for the first mile because I'm so far in the back that that pushes me into six hours? And then, I don't know, I was horrified. Yeah, that was my biggest concern of the day was going over six hours. I hung out with my team before. I met Megan, who is my only... The only other teamoid teammate that year that it was their first marathon too. So okay. me and Megan were the two first timers, and we ran about the same pace. So we were going to run together, and we had just met. So that's cool. We hung out at these people's, these awesome people's house before the marathon um, in Hockington. They let Team Hoyt into their home so we could hang out. And I, I had a sharpie because we were all writing our names. I wrote Dana on my arm. Mm-hmm. Flash forward to later in the day. When you realize that you get more sun on your right side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And I had a tattoo, like a, ta- <laughs> a tan line that said Dan. Because the A was on yeah. the inside. So the A was fine. So it's just a Dan on my arm for a really long time. Rookie mistakes. Yep. Big big time. But I wrote the I wrote 4-15-13, the date, on my shoes in Sharpie. Oh, that was before? Yeah, I wrote it before the race. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to retire these shoes after this. I'll just write the mm-hmm. date on my shoes. I don't know. It just came to me. And now I do that before every marathon. Nice. Creepy. But, uh, yeah, we went out to run. Mm, we saw my family at mile 8.4. I, st- I threw, I made little confetti of our little signs. So I had, like, two yellow signs that said Go and Ricky and a little pink one that said And Dick. And I made confetti out of all that. Like, mm. cut it up on computer paper. And I <laughs> I ran by and I went, Confetti! <laughs> <laughs> And I threw that on my family, <laughs> and uh, that was pretty great. I had I had somebody's 
Flat Stanley. Oh no, was that the next year? No, I think it was that year. Somebody's mm-hmm. kids, Flat Stanley. Oh, cute. Um, in my fanny pack. Somebody came up with the. Somebody wrote. We were talking about having a hashtag so that people could post pictures of me if they saw me. And my friend Rachel, who is actually the person who made me go out for my first ever mile way back in the early, early aughts. She wrote, hashtag follow that fanny back <laughs> under this picture and it stuck. That is how I became follow that fanny back. Fabulous hashtag. Hey, thanks. If I do say so myself. At follow that fanny, fanny pack on Instagram. Doesn't translate well with my British friends. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That's a different uh, thing over there. Yeah, totally. They, uh, and I had a... I was leading a marathon tour this year for a group of Australians, and they were like, it should be follow that bum bag. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're right. Let me just get follow that bum bag also. (laughs) But, yeah. So I ran ran Boston, and I said hi to my family at 8.4. I think Megan had to stop and pee. I saw my brand-new boyfriend at the time (laughs) and my friend Chris that used to drive me out there. Mm -hmm. So my brand-new boyfriend, Chris, my dad and my stepmother, I saw them at mile 10, and then I saw them at mile 17, when you make the right, it's the first time you make a hard turn in Boston, you make this big right turn at the fire station, and you go into four miles of hills, um, at mile 17, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's Heartbreak Hill, don't let anyone fool you that Heartbreak Hill is one hill, it's a, it's a four mile series of hills, on hills. <laughs> oh, is it really? Oh yeah, I've, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of hills. Okay, got um, it. There's one main heartbreak hill, but at that point, you're like, I've been running hills for hours. Mm -hmm. So I ran up Heartbreak Hill. I remember there not being as many spectators out as I thought there should be. Right. I was just running. And then I got to the top, what I thought was the top of Heartbreak Hill. At some point, Megan and I got separated. I got a little bit ahead of her. And I never saw... I missed my team's aid station, which was on Heartbreak Hill. Um, I thought they had collapsed it. In retrospect, I thought they had collapsed it, but turns out I just ran by it because I was kind of... It must have been hitting hitting some sort of wall. Yeah. Um, I got to the top of Heartbreak Hill, and there was somebody up there with this giant sign that said Top of Heartbreak Hill, except they were talking to someone else, and the sign was like... They had the sign dangling on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, oh, oh. nobody okay. stayed around to yeah. cheer for me. I remember feeling like, yeah. just like, okay, whatever, And but I have to get through these hills. But I was so out of it, I really didn't... I wasn't alarmed by any of these things sure. at all. Came down over Heartbreak Hill. I got down to just before mile 22, and there was three National Guard people in the road. I went to high-five them, because I thought that's why they were there. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> that happened. And then they said, ma'am, you have to stop. And I said, ha-ha-ha, and I kept going. <laughs> um, I thought oh, they were geez. joking. Yeah. And they said, no, ma'am, bombs at the finish line. Um, then I believe I made very large scene, because I had just seen... My whole family at 17, and they were going to the finish line, including brand new boyfriend. And then I took my phone out of my fanny pack, and I had hundreds of texts. I I was in Chicago at the time, and I had so many texts going, where are you? I I remember I clicked on Facebook, and it was like in the thousands of notifications, and I was like, Mm -hmm. what is going on? No phone calls were going through. Woo! I, I, I ended up posting something that went through. I didn't know it went through, but it said, I'm at mile 22. I got stopped. What's going on? Is everyone okay? And there's just like, there's like no punctuation or it look, yeah, just no. looks like a mess. And I guess people were pleased because then they knew where I was. My sister knew where I was because she had a tracking app on my phone. Sure. And so all of a sudden she showed up and my other friend, Amelia, showed up. We got taken to, well, while I was 
while I was there in the middle of the um, road with the National Guard people, I looked over and then I realized there were all these other runners that had been stopped there. And mm. I just didn't see them. Yeah. Yeah, including one, one girl who looked kind of upset and I realized as I was screaming and freaking out that she was freaking out more because I was freaking out and then I just kind of went into like, taking care of business mode and I was like, let's stretch! And I <laughs> led some sort of stretching thing. Yeah, because I hadn't found Megan yet. Megan hadn't caught up to that spot and I was concerned about where she was. I didn't know what was going on. I kind of adopted this other girl that was sitting there and like made her my teammate. And then I started getting a little hypothermic and they were taking me... I don't know if I was hypothermic, but I was definitely like shaky. Red Cross decided to take me away into this truck and uh, and I was like, I'm not going without my teammate! And I grabbed this girl's hand that I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know. Everything was a little dramatic. I just took this other girl with me and we sat in a truck. And then they took us all to this church. I was one of the only people that had a cell phone, so people were using my phone. I was, I know I wasn't running with a cell phone at the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I had just gotten my first iPhone for, like, in honor of the marathon. Yeah, I never um, run without it now. Yeah, right? So people used my phone, and then all of a sudden my sister and my other friend Amelia showed up to pick me up. Yeah, my sister actually knew somebody who was, like, volunteering and signing people in. <laughs> Somebody said to her, like, hey, did you just, you just found your sister? Take her now before we start registering them all. <laughs> like, cause mm-hmm. they were going to have to, like, log us all in and track where everyone was. It was going right. to take a long time. And so somehow this person just got me out the door pretty fast, and I kind of left with my sister. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much how that was. The next, we went out that night for drinks with my friends that were in from New York. I didn't have my ID because my ID was in my check in bag, bag at the finish mm-hmm. line. So I didn't have my ID. The girl didn't want to serve me. And, and, uh... Oh. And my friends are much younger than me. And I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, look at the news. And I pointed to the news. I was like, that's where my bag is. And then we ended up, it was in the town that my, uh, my college is in. So we, I ended up knowing someone she knew. Okay. We confirmed how old I was. Yes. Um, (laughs) So, uh, it, it worked out. But, um, the next day we, the next day we left, all of my teammates were safe. A lot of their families were at the finish line, but were safe. Yeah. The next day I went into... Boston, you had to like follow this carefully printed map that was like that we found with instructions of how to find our bag. And they had the bags all set up outside. I never saw, and I never had never got to say bye to Megan or anyone from my team because we were all supposed to meet up at the finish line, right? Oh, right. Dick and Rick were not far from the finish, but didn't get to finish, and it was supposed to be Dick's last marathon. So he had to come back the next year in 2014 to finish his last Boston. I uh, went into Boston to pick up my bag, walking in to the spot where the bags were being held because I had to get out of the car to walk in. You couldn't drive to where it was somebody walked by me that looked like Megan and I was like oh that looked like Megan but she was wearing a medal that was like the weird thing that morning was I had my Adidas jacket like I had mm-hmm. my, my blue and yellow jacket but I didn't have a medal and so like you're, I was walking around the hotel and like people had medals and it was ha- really hard to be upset about like not being able to finish a marathon when people you know were injured yeah. and killed lost limbs um but uh this girl walking by me looked like Megan, but she had a medal. <laughs> and I was like, that can't be Megan, because Megan was behind me. So she couldn't have finished. And I turned around and I went, Megan? And it was Megan. And that is what gave me about 15 seconds warning before we got to where my bags were that they were going to give me a medal. Which was like, good that I had the warning, because if I didn't have the warning, I really would have lost <laughs> really it. Lost it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I went to this, like, metal barricade. So I did get to see Megan. Okay. Went to this metal barricade, looked at the sea of, like, bright yellow plastic bags, and I was like, they got went and got my bag, and then they made me, like, lean over the barricade, and they gave me my medal. And then I turned around, and they said, congratulations on completing the Boston Marathon. Oh. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah. And then I turned back around, and there were all these TV cameras in my face, because they were so excited someone was crying. And, um... <laughs> And they, and that's, yeah, they got got some footage, uh, 
<laughs> they got some footage of me just getting my medal. And then they saw my shoes and they took a picture of my shoes with the date on it. And then my shoes with the date on it ended up in like some, uh, I don't know, network collage of images. Mm-hmm. So lots of people saw my shoes. The, the interview that they did with me was played on a, on a network that had my name on it, which is how the girl that I was stretching with when we got stopped saw it, got my name, and found me on Facebook. And now we're friends. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Is it someone I know? Uh, no, but she's she's from Boston, but she's come in to run that half a couple times, and we so we oh, nice. we met up. Lovely. Uh, yeah, totally cool. Friendship. Uh, let's no, no, you don't have to pause it. Let's tell the people what we're oh, doing. Okay, we're eating some popcorn now. The next thing I wanted to talk about, though, is the struggle to kind of wait and see and what was going to happen for the 2014. Mm. <laughs> well, then it became immediately really no more than five seconds. I think it should be noted that I had like less than five miles to finish that race. You were going to do it. Oh, I was I mean, totally going to sure. do it. And I was going to do it in well under six hours. Um, but like... Uh, for, no, I have a fin- I have a I have an estimated finish time uh-huh. certificate. I know about. What, I think they were wrong though because I they didn't take into account that I would have picked up the pace at the end. Right. They were basing exactly. it on my average pace through the Newton yeah, Hills. Well, too bad. <laughs> but uh, 2014 and then became well now everyone's gonna run and run the 2014 Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. Will Team Hoyt have enough charity bibs for me to even get one? Because I'm the newest in seniority of the of the alums with all the you know celebrities and past runners and people who would want to come back and run 2014 was there even going to be a bib for me and then that was a real thing that was a real wait and see that was a real wait and see and somebody started a petition that the 5,700 people who didn't get to finish should be allowed to run but then it's like I mean this the whole thing was wishy-washy I mean there were people that had just crossed the finish line there were people that finished 10 minutes before I don't I don't know there were how who how do you say who can run again or who can't that was definitely a tricky situation yeah oh completely again I was waiting tables mm-hmm. uh, when I got started getting supreme <laughs> amounts of text messages one day because an article came out that they were going to let all 5,700 runners finish and create a whole new wave for all those people. And I still came back and ran for Team Hoyt, even though I had my own bib. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> but, uh, Team Point. Yeah, and awesome. if Dick and Rick were going to come back and do another one, I'd do another one with them. But then our entire team's focus became wherever you started in the race, you ran and caught up with Dick and Rick, who started before us, and you walked or ran slowly, whatever you needed to do to finish with them, right? Nobody mm-hmm. was running just their own pace this race. That was our plan. But for Megan and me... That's a very tricky Oh, man, I plan. skipped something entirely. What did you skip? I freaking finished a marathon. At some point. That's right, you did. You, yeah. you finished two before the... Oh, yeah. Okay, let's back backtrack. <laughs> I came back to the city and I needed to finish a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. I ran five miles a couple days later with Angie and Giancarlo, my boyfriend. That felt good. Oh, wait. I have something to add. Yes. I remember finishing your last however many miles. The next year. The, no, the next day. I went out and I was like, oh, you ran this for is me? for Dana. Thanks, girl. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Continue. No, but I came back to the city and I went, I got to finish a marathon. I got to finish the New York City Marathon, right? Um, Which so. is also another tricky one to get into. Oh, yeah. But the lottery was late that year. It was right about when I came back to the city. I I entered the lottery. I sent them a Facebook message or an email or something that said like, hey, New York City Marathon, I know you're a lottery, but I'm one of the 5,700 people that didn't get to finish Boston. It was my first marathon. I really want to finish my first marathon at home, Boston or New York. Uh, let me enter your marathon. I didn't get in off the lottery. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, let me rephrase this. I didn't get in off the drawing. I think we call it a drawing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, 
that's that. So my dad said, well, your backup plan is that you're going to come up to New Hampshire in the beginning of October and run the New Hampshire Marathon with 200 people. And it goes around Newfound Lake, which is the lake that he lives on. And you'll do it up here, which is a totally different experience than running with Very different tens than, of thousands of runners. Than an urban marathon. Yeah. I went up to New Hampshire. I ran my first marathon in New Hampshire. A bunch of my friends ran the half also. That was fun. I finished. Megan came up and ran with me. Mm-hmm. I finished, and I was coming down the finish line, and there was a little band, and they played New York, New York when I finished, and they announced my name, and my family was all standing there, and we ate a pizza. Like, it, mm-hmm. like thinking now on those, like, those giant city marathons, <laughs> when you're... You can't do that. Oh, no, you, you can't, can't just, like... No. I mean, <laughs> meet your, your family at the finish Your family's lucky if they get yeah. to see you finish. <laughs> Very lucky if they get to see you finish live. So, I ran that, and then I came back to the city, and then, um, an, an angel miracle got me into the... New York City Marathon. It was a miracle. Uh, and so I ran that also. Uh, wasn't planning on it, but got to do both. 2013 New York City was my first New York City. That was the one that I broke five hours for the first Yay. time. Boom. Haven't done that lately. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. How many have you run so far? I mean, is that uh, giving away the ending? I'm training for my 16th marathon right now. Yay. Six years later. That's years so weird. That's a lot. I know. You're also looking at all my medals. They're beautiful. Uh, yes. and, and your shoe graveyard. Oh, yeah. Is that a, a shoe graveyard? It's, it's pretty much a shoe graveyard. I love it. Yeah. yeah I'm going to take a picture of that before I leave. Okay, it. please. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll the one that are dated website. all ran marathons. Yeah, so we... I, we got to run 2014. Meg and I were concerned that we weren't going to catch up with Dick and Rick because they started two and a half hours ahead of us. Right. And, and time-wise, we figured out all the math. We knew they were going to take their time. They were going to, like, hug the spectators and say hi to people mm. that have supported them over the, their 32 Boston marathons. I, there's video of me saying to Rick, like, hey, Rick, will you tell your dad to run real slow so I can catch up? <laughs> but there was so much pressure to catch up with them because I knew right. I would be so disappointed if I didn't. And then I, Meg and I got these really tall compression socks with American flags on them and we had these headbands that said yes you can I think I was overdressed and I think I was just stressed and dehydrated and I wasn't doing well that day and I remember turning into the hills at 17 and I remember telling Meg to go ahead like Meg had been like grabbing water for me and handing it to me because I couldn't like reach my arm out like I was not doing well and I did not think I was going to catch up with them and Meg went ahead I was like Meg I did not want to hold you back from catching them go and then Meg we left each other she left and I was uh at Probably about, oh, I don't know, mile 22 or something. And I saw Michael Davis from my team. He is a qualified Boston runner who's legally blind. And he runs with two guys. Everyone on the course knew that it was their job. Like, all of our spectator friends knew that anytime they saw someone from Team Hoyt, you told them how long it had been since Team Hoyt had passed, right? Right. By so that we could know how fast we had to run to catch up with them. And I saw Michael Davis at at mile 22, and and he was walking. It was really hot. I was like, if Michael's having a rough day, maybe you'll walk with Michael for a while. And I was like, Michael... Like, I yelled across the road, Michael, it's Dana. And I was like, I was about to say, I'm going to finish this race with you. And one of his guides said, like, the Hoyts just passed here whatever many minutes ago it was. You could still catch them. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God, I got to turn it up again. And I caught them probably at mile 24 and a half. I I was very delirious and not doing well. And there was all these BC students drinking to my right and I saw this sea of red shirts in front of me and I turned to the college students and I was like is that my team and they were like yeah go for it and I went and caught my team I got an Utapepeg jumped out of the crowd and joined us and finished the race with us and my family FaceTimed my mom I was like ah look and I remember my family got so excited because everyone was tracking me and the Hoyts and once our numbers started to line up they were so excited Meg and me and the Hoyts were all together my team I was like leaning on my teammates they were we were like walking 
like power walking and I had like my arms around these guys <laughs> like because I was it was the greatest day ever but like I could barely walk <laughs> uh-huh. we got my family got to the finish line just enough time to see us start to charge down the finish line that was the greatest finish in marathon history it was it was indeed the greatest finish in yeah. marathon history and the remember- news broadcast even like caught it at the very end they were showing the finish line and they were like wait wait they were signing off, and they were like, wait, wait, we're just getting where the Hoyts are finishing, and they cut back to the finish line and showed us finishing. And I remember seeing that in a bank. I was at the bank, like, making a deposit or something. Oh, man. And I saw it on the interwebs. I probably saw it on Facebook, posted as a video or something, but I remember seeing it and openly weeping. Oh, yeah. Openly weeping. Yeah. I, I, I just, like, that entire day was so exciting to watch like everyone take back the finish yeah. line. I had never in 30 something years of cheering there, mile 8.4 never looked like that before. It was like you oh, could, there's pictures there's pictures of um, and Rick one of, my, one of my friends who had caught up to Dick and Rick by mile 8.4. I think it was Jim, Jim my friend Jim took a picture over Dick's shoulder looking at my family. Oh wow. Cheering with all the spectator signs and you can barely pick my family out. Usually like we're the group yeah. there, right? But it was so crowded with spectators. Like you can see their signs. That's fantastic. But uh, there were so many people out. That is everything. And they were all still out by the time I went by it, which good. is two and a half hours later. Cool. <laughs> like it was a it was a good day for marathoning. Yeah, I came back in twenty fifteen and I PR'd marathon PR'd and then I ran twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, and now I'm training for twenty nineteen. Yes. And yes, I've raised almost forty thousand yes, dollars for the Hoyt Foundation for um, enriching the lives of uh, differently abled human beings. Yeah, excellent. It's good stuff. So you're also a coach now. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Fast, fast forward a few years, Woo-hoo! and she's a coach. Boom. Yeah, I started taking New York Roadrunners group training as a trainee, and I had gotten some certifications for running coaching myself because I was doing some coaching at the middle school level. And then I uh, what certifications do you have? I have USATF mm-hmm. certification, and now I have RCA certification. Yeah, that's, it doesn't mean I'm the most, man, I know plenty of coaches who have tons more certification than that, but what I will tell you is, I'm a really great cheerleader. I can affirm that. Uh, thank you. There are people out there that what they need the most right now in the coaching department is a cheerleader slash enthusiastic person slash maybe someone to help them figure out when they're what their goals are in running or get them started on their first marathon or, you know, there's a lot of people who are anxious about running and company helps. Yeah, I've also, like, been able to help a lot of people who run a lot faster than me, which is a cool thing. And we all have a lot to learn from each other because I think uh, front, mid, back, all, all the parts in the pack should learn from each other. It kind of is a team sport at it the really end of the day. Is. Yeah, that's what I love a lot about New York Gardeners group training, who I train with. Mm-hmm. I love our tempo workouts on Thursdays because we all, all the runners, all the different pace groups, all go out um, and we all turn around at the same number, number of minutes and then we all have this common goal of getting back in negative splits. So at the very end, all nice. the all the pace groups converge on each other and like Aww. are all encouraging each other to get in. Cute. It's the greatest way to start a Thursday morning. Go to nyrr.org and sign up for group training. It's good stuff. Good stuff. And what an honor to work for the people that put on one of the greatest marathons in the world. They do great great stuff. Oh yeah, right? We I love oh. New York Road. How oh, much God. do we love that? I mean, I've gone to a lot of places to run races and I don't know, man. The BAA and the NYRR, they put on some pretty good races. They do. They do. Okay, so last question. Oh I yeah. Guess. I mean, we've talked so much about Boston. I think I know your answer, but what's your favorite race? Oh yeah, good. Yeah, uh-huh. Good luck with that. <laughs> 
<laughs> all of people, that. Many people have asked me. No, many people have asked me this before, and I will not. You I won't know. say. I'm not a good. I can't answer this. You can't but answer. Fair enough. I get very stressed out about Boston every year. <laughs> you and do. New York tends to feel more like a, I can wake up and I did shows the night before New York this year and got a couple hours of sleep and went out and ran a marathon the next morning. So there's something to be said for the fact that New York feels like more of a party to me, mm-hmm. and Boston also feels like a party, but it feels like a a party that I stress out a lot about. And so they all both mean a lot to me for totally different things. So I am not going to say what my favorite race is. But if I had to pick my favorite race... You don't have to, though. Okay, good. I, I won't make you choose. No, I wouldn't. I, won't I was going to give you some sort of snarky answer. I won't even try Oh, to wait, now I, now I need to know what the snarky answer is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, my favorite race is the 2020 election. Don't forget to vote. <laughs> don't. How Everyone register to vote. Perfect. That was snarky and delightful. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yes. uh, any plugs? Do you need to Oh, yeah, pause? go to... No, it's okay. We can do this. Okay. Um, org, New York Runners Group Training. Go to the Run Center tab there, and there's so many free events that happen at the Run Center. There's Zumba and yoga. Oh, My yoga friend Coach Harper teaches yes. yoga there. When does she teach? Uh, all the time, guys, but it's oh. free. <laughs> and the, if you live in New York City and you're not using the New York Roadrunners Run Center as like your own place to leave your bag in a locker and then go run in Central Park, then you're doing it wrong. So do that. Also, don't forget to enter the New York City Marathon drawing before February 14th if you She's hear open this now. in time. She is open she now. She is open. Claim that guaranteed entry or get in that drawing. New York Roadrunners group training and virtual training. They're fantastic. What else? How about your show? At follow that fanny pack is my Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's super mm-hmm. fun. I do improv comedy at the People's Improv Theater and at Improv Asylum. You can go to danashulman.com and that'll probably give you all these answers. D-A-N-A-S-H-U-L-M-A-N.com. I am not a web designer. I am a slow distance runner. (laughs) So um, please excuse the fact that it's a slightly mediocre website, but uh, it'll have some info on my shows. I perform at Improv Asylum Wednesday through Saturday nights, most nights. Yeah, check out the main stage show at Improv Asylum, Student Driver at The Pit, Sundays at 7. If you want to take an improv class, I teach them at The Pit. That's pretty much my life. Yeah, so if Do you want to learn else? stuff, yeah, talk to Dana. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, tr- I really try and follow that fanny pack to do some combination of funny running stuff. Funny. Frunny stuff. Frunny stuff. Frunny stuff. So check that out. (laughs) Also, if you're running the Boston Marathon this year, play my game of count the number of Dunkin' Donuts on the course. It's real fun. Are there a lot? There's a bunch. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. (laughs) It's good stuff. Excellent advice. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dana, for being on my first podcast. It's really hard not to ask you questions. Well, maybe... Can I come back and host the episode where we do your run story? <gasps> oh, my God. Did I just invite brilliant. myself back? You did. Like and, a good guest. And you are invited back. <laughs> oh, awesome. If you'll have me, I would happily ask the one or two questions that I allowed you to speak during this <laughs> monologue called Dana Tells You Her Life Story. This is what it was supposed to... This was, this was everything I had hoped it would be. Get out there and run. Get out there and run. If you want to. Yes, you can, says Team Hoyt. Yes, you can, says and Coach Dana. Yeah. And Coach O'Connor. Yeah, there we are. You know? We're just coaching it up here. Get get out there, guys. We're going to go back to eating popcorn now. All right. Mm-hmm.